views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Rocco's are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. The following sound advice program was paid for by Eagle Rock Nutrition. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff, management, and advertisers of WMTR. It is always advisable to consult a professional before making a major medical decision. Time now for Eat Right with Laura. Here's Dr. Laura Rocco's. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rocco's, and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle intervention strategy for disease prevention and health maintenance. So, again, I'll start today's show explaining that uh, Eagle Rock, although it's spelt Eagle Rock, E G G L R O C K, it's not pronounced Eagle Rock, it's pronounced Eagle Rock, which is an acronym for my children and my husband and our last name and uh, the logo is a soaring eagle because that's just a visual just to remind everybody that I represent health and wellness. So um, tonight we're going to talk about um, what I consider to be the best strategy for weight loss and for overall health improvement. So if you hear anything that I say tonight that resonates with you or if you hear anything that you'd like to comment on, please be sure to call in tonight. The call-in number is 973 973- 267-WMTR. That's 973-267-WMTR. So I hope you liked the show last week when I talked about the pitfalls of fad diets and weight loss drugs. Um, I guess I ran out of time and I didn't really say a lot about weight loss drugs, but I did kind of describe why many of the um, diets that focus on particular macronutrients, whether high in protein or high in fat, um, might not be the best overall strategy for sustainability sustained weight loss. And I guess one thing that I do want to remind everybody that about uh weight loss drugs that there really is no there really is no magic bullet. Um so it looks like we have a call. Um let me just finish this off. Okay, no, drop the call. Um there really is no magic bullet to promote weight loss. I have had patients like sit across from me and after I walk through them, you know, through a beautiful detailed meal plan, they'll say, can I just take a pill? And seriously, can I just have a pill that will help me lose weight? And the answer is no. Um, any effort that I have made, and my last role in the pharmaceutical industry was director of diabetes and obesity, and I did spend well over 10 years bordering on 20 years working on um, obesity projects. Um, I can say that, you know, all of these projects ended with um, products that cause, you know, undesirable side effects, either cardiovascular side effects or side effects in the brain, um, you know, that were not acceptable. So here we are. Here, you know, looking at holistic methods to achieve health. And really that number on the scale, that really shouldn't be your main goal. Your main goal should be the goal of improved health. Um, so I'm going to see if there's a, a caller right now. I'm going to press this button. Hello, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Donna. Hey, Donna. Thanks for calling in. Hi, Dr. Laura. I'm calling. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on pre-packaged uh, portion control diet food programs like Nutrisystem. Oh, that's a great. That's a really great 
question. I have to say that I have vetted a lot of these prepackaged programs. Uh, and even when I, um, I did a, you know, when I was doing my training on, on weight loss, you know, the, the doctors, uh, prescribed, you know, were recommending what they thought was the best prepackaged, um, meals for people that don't like to cook. And, uh, you know, don't forget, I'll just remind everybody that I am a food scientist. I have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and a PhD in food science. So I am very well versed with the composition of foods and um, ingredients. And my honest opinion of all prepackaged foods is that they are nothing more than processed processed foods whose nutrients have been stripped from the product, um, or the food you know the the nutrient content deteriorates over time because the food is not really fresh, even though it's frozen, it's not really fresh. And in my opinion, the frozen meals do not have enough calories to, to sustain you. The nutrient density, which is basically means the the quantity of nutrients compared to the total number of calories is not sufficient. So if you're a patient of mine and you come to Eagle Rock Nutrition, I will spend a lot of time um, getting you acclimated to preparing your own foods and showing you how food preparation um, is actually quite simple. So thank you, Donna, for sharing that ex- excellent question. Okay, thank you, Dr. Laura. Uh, okay, so let's go on to um, our topic. Um, I'd also just like to, to thank my sponsor, the Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, um, and to thank them for inviting me to their fundraiser last weekend uh, to raise um, support for Janet Vega in her fight against cancer. Um, tonight I have a special treat for you all. Another ETT Women member is going to call in, uh, Dixie Nichols, and tell us about um, an event that she is uh, overseeing called the Global Women's self-care movement so you can see that there's a theme of my show there's an underlying theme here all right so i'm going to just talk about what i think is the best strategy for improved health uh irregardless of the weight loss that you will um enjoy from following the strategy and that is basically following a mediterranean style meal plan uh so notice that uh, so mediterranean means that these are the kinds of foods that people in mediterranean areas of the world um, eat. Uh, countries like uh, Italy and Turkey and Greece. Uh, the foods are naturally low glycemic, meaning that these kinds of foods are foods that do not raise your blood sugar. If you're eating the kinds of foods that do raise your blood sugar, like processed carbohydrates and foods that are high in sugar, all right, they are going to raise your blood sugar, all right, and once you eat a meal that raises your blood sugar, this is followed by an increase in secretion of a hormone called insulin from your pancreas. All right, so insulin is a really important hormone because it tells your body to take the sugar out of the blood and bring it to your muscles so that you can do work and bring it to your brain so that you can think. But it also does something else that's underappreciated. Insulin is a hormone that tells our body to store fat. And why does it do this? Uh, Well, it does this because really we have only had 
copious amounts of foods since what like the first grocery store opened up in the like 1940s so it really hasn't even been a hundred years that we've been eating the way we eat today our bodies are actually designed to survive a famine we've had famine for thousands of years and our bodies are designed to you know survive when you know when there is no food and uh Insulin is one of the hormones that helps us survive. We store fat. So uh, when we have lots of food, when food is ab- abundant, um, you know, we eat frequently. We eat too frequently. So the blood sugar goes up. And, you know, as the blood sugar starts to come down, maybe about two hours after you're eating, that's when you just start getting hungry again. And you're like, oh, I think I'm going to go get another little snack. And you eat a little something, even if it's something healthy, you eat a little snack. And up goes the blood sugar, up goes the insulin. And so you get into this really bad habit of constantly making insulin and therefore constantly storing fat. Now, insulin does some other things that I'm not going to talk about, but just remember that insulin um, promotes fat storage. So what are the kinds of foods that are low glycemic that don't cause your body to do this? All right, so I'm going to start with my first category. So whenever I have patients in my office, we start with um, protein. So just remind you that the three macronutrients are proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. So I always start with protein because protein takes longer to digest than the other macronutrients. So if you start have protein at every meal, you will stay fuller longer. So um, that protein can come from, you know, animals sources or vegetarian sources and you know I don't really want to marginalize any of my listeners so um, I'm not going to um, you know promote one you know one source or another although I do spend an awful lot of time teaching my patients how to eat more vegetables so um, proteins can come from from animal sources but if they do um, I discourage consumption of pork just because you know uh, fat, uh, you know, pigs um, are high in saturated fat. And just remember that whatever those animals are eating, you're eating that too. And um, pigs tend to not have the greatest diets. Um, not only are they eating, you know, processed grains themselves and poor sources of protein, but, you know, I, as a food science student um, back in my day, I used to, um, I was able to take tours of food companies. And I remember going to a bake company and wondering what they were going to do with the leftover Twinkies and they're like oh though that goes to the pig farms and where they not only eat the Twinkies but they eat the package too so um, so n- not eating a lot of pork so not eating any pork actually if you are going to eat beef lean beef and you know really look for animal sources that are free of hormones and antibiotics you know the hormones are going to have a very um, severe impact on development especially in women and the antibiotics are going to have an impact on the overall gut health so uh, the show that focuses on gut health you learn about the bacteria that live in your gut we'll talk about what your gut really is but you don't want to be killing off the good bacteria uh, in your in your gut um, from you know adulterated dietary sources all right um so animal protein can also come from cheeses uh we want you to eat you know 
cheeses that are soft, not hard. The harder the cheese, the more saturated it is. And I really want to pull back on saturated fat. And I'll talk about that when I get to that category. Um, you know, eggs. Uh, I just want you to know that um, for, for the purposes of this discussion, right, that the nutrients are in the yolk. All right. You shouldn't be afraid of the cholesterol that's in egg yolks. Dietary cholesterol is not really what is causing you to have elevated cholesterol. Your cholesterol levels are driven by saturated fat, uh, trans fats, which are artificially created fats, and overconsumption of carbohydrates that causes that that accelerates the storage of fat so dietary cholesterol does not have nearly the great uh, you know the impact on blood levels of cholesterol as other sources of fat so um you know eat you know hormone and antibiotic free eggs uh, or eggs that are um uh that are have added that where that where the the, the chickens have a you know a very healthy diet with added omega-3 fatty acids um certainly fish so of course if you're not a vegetarian um fish fish are very high in omega-3 fatty acids which are uh, an excellent um, healthy fat to have in your diet uh, omega-3 fatty acids are a polyunsaturated fatty acid and you know that that's the good fat but omega-3 fatty acids lower systemic inflammation and so you definitely want to have that on board um, getting back to cheese, uh, I do want to say that, you know, cheeses that are highly fermented that have a lot of bacteria, of course, that bacteria is good for your immune system and your overall health. So, uh, you know, aged cheeses can be, um, a, you know, a good dietary source for you. All right. But now I'd like to kind of focus on, you know, um, vegetable protein. So you can get um, protein from lots of vegetables, including um, beans, legumes, but I'm going to talk about soy. So, uh, of course, I'll do an entire show on soy alone, but just so that you know, soybeans are unique among the legumes because their protein is what's called complete. It has the same amino acid profile as that found in animal protein. And so when you're eating any food that's derived from soybeans, you can be sure that you're getting a complete protein. Now, that's not to say that if you don't eat soy, you're not going to get all your amino acids. If you're a vegetarian, just make sure that you're eating a large repertoire of vegetables. You're a vegetarian, which means that you're eating vegetables. And when you're eating a wide variety, you will get all your amino acids. Right, but when you're eating soybean, you're getting all of them in one felt swoop. All right, so I definitely try to explain to my patients um, how having a soybean burger or a veggie burger might be a a, a very good alternative to animal protein and then there's tofu and tempeh and everybody always asks me what what's the difference. So tofu is um, curdled from soy milk, whereas tempeh is fermented soybean. Um, they're both excellent sources of vegetable um, protein. I do want to say this. Um, so soybeans are 
you know, in the United States, probably more than 90% of the soybean crop in the United States is genetically modified. So I definitely want you to look for organic soy products. So if you're, you know, if you're going to try some tofu or tempeh, make sure it says that it's organic and make sure it says that it's non-GMO, not genetically modified. Uh, the genetically modified soybeans um, tend to be, you know, have be higher in um, herbicides and pesticides. That's why they're genetically modified. Uh, so look for organic and non-GMO um, tofu and tempeh. So. Uh, the difference between the two, so I just explained that, but um, the tofu might have a little less protein, a little less fiber. Because the tempeh is fermented soybeans, it's going to be higher in protein and high, higher in fiber. But they're both excellent vegetable sources of protein. Uh, oh, and also I do say this, that um, uh, if, you, if you're going to try them, right, um, your first foray into eating tofu and tempeh, just go to like the salad bar at Whole Foods and buy a little sample to taste that's already been prepared. This way, you'll know what it's supposed to taste like when you make it yourself. Because if you try making it yourself the first time and you don't do it right, you're going to think that you don't like it when you probably really do. Um, so one of the ways I, you know, I might recommend preparing tofu is to buy the firm tofu um, in the refrigerated section in, of your a supermarket. And just, then just brown it in a sesame oil. So sesame oil is a healthy fat, and it'll give the tofu a nice flavor. And then you can put that cooked tofu in your salad or in a wrap. So that's just like one example. All right, so um, I'm going to move on now to uh, my next category, which is legumes. All right, which is a fancy word for beans. All right, so, you know, there are so many different kinds of beans. If you are a vegetarian, you couldn't possibly get bored. All right, garbanzo beans or chickpeas, love them. They're probably one of my favorites. You know, pinto beans, kidney beans, black beans. Who doesn't love black bean soup? Um, lima beans. I grew up on lima beans, not thinking that I liked them, but I actually do. Um, navy beans, cannonelli beans. They're the little white, they're the white ones that look like, you know, kidney, like, you know, your organ kidney, um, mung beans. So a thank you, my friend BG, who taught me how to, you know, show me what mung beans are. And she, um, 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 she sprouted some mung beans for me and made this awesome dish. So, uh, realized that I love mung beans. So thank you for that, BG. Um, and then, of course, there's soybeans. So how can you meet, eat all these beans? Well, in my house, um, my husband makes a fabulous uh, bean salad, a three-bean salad, which is any three beans of your choosing. And then he just throws in, like, some onions and some tomato and some cilantro, some lime, you know, a little uh, olive oil, and you've got something pretty tasty. Uh, I love bean soups. You can have bean soup. Uh, you can have hummus. And if you come to the office, right, and if you... Tell me that you like hummus, because not all of my patients like hummus. It's a, it's a learning curve. But if you come and you tell me that you like hummus, I will print out from you from one of my favorite websites, Pop Sugar. And I don't even know why it's called Pop Sugar. I hate that name, but it's really, um, it really has good stuff on that website. Um, like, 12 or 15 different ways to make hummus from all different kinds of beans with all different kinds of flavors. So some are a little blander, some a little spicier. Um, love them all. 
All right. And then, of course, there's peas. There's like peas and pea soup and green beans and string beans and lentils and lentil soup. So, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. All right. So uh, one thing I, you know, I, I want to remind everybody that uh, so I'm talking about low glycemic index foods. And if anything that I've said so far resonates you, please, please call in. The call in number is 973-267-WMTR. Um, so. While I'm talking about all these low glycemic index foods, I just want to remind you that it's not just what you're eating, but it's quantity. It's how much. Um, for a lot of people, the problem uh, with their weight, whether it's too high or too low, is serving size. Uh, they don't really appreciate what a suitable serving size is. For even so, even with a protein, you, you know, whether it's an animal protein or a vegetable protein, a serving size is about whatever fits in the palm of your hand so for me that's about a half of a cup but if you're a larger person you probably have a larger hand and you need to be eating a larger portion so just remember that a serving size is about the size of the palm of your hand so that's protein and even legumes the serving size is half of a cup which is also about the size of your hand so i have another caller we're going to take that call hello this is eat right with laura who's this this is Donna Maria. Hi, Donna Maria. Thanks for calling. Oh, hi. How are you, doctor? My pleasure. Um, because we're talking about the Mediterranean diet, I did have a question. Um, originally, I, I was told to eat brown rices and brown pastas because the glycemic, I guess, not that they have a lower glycemic index, but it goes into your bloodstream slower, I believe. Correct. I was told. Yes. But now I'm being told just the opposite. Now I'm being told that it's actually better to have like a white jasmine rice. So it, I'm confused. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the the brown rice and the wild rice um, have fiber, and fiber is going to slow the absorption of uh, of the carbohydrates in the rice. All right. So, to me, the the, the benefit of the white rice is simply that you know it's uh, it's easy to digest it doesn't have anything in it that might promote you know an adverse reaction um although there are communities in 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 Asia that actually have you know rice allergy because they eat so much of it but i would say that anytime you're going to eat a carbohydrate whether it's white rice or brown rice make sure that you're eating vegetables with it so that you're getting even more fiber from the vegetables to slow the absorption of of uh, the carbohydrate and that said everyone is different everyone is biologically different so something that might raise one person's blood sugar might not raise someone else's so if you are diabetic and you're kind of experimenting with carbohydrates measure your blood sugar after you eat that carbohydrate and see what direction that takes your blood sugar so i hope that answers your question that was a great question donna maria thank you so much for calling in thank you um, all right, so now we're going to move on to the next category, which is dairy and non-dairy. So um, just want to say that, um, you know, uh, 
there are the four main sources of food allergies are peanuts, which we haven't gotten to. Number one is peanuts. Number two for food allergy is dairy. Number three is shellfish. Um, and I'm sure everybody knows somebody that's allergic to shellfish. And number four is soybeans. So definitely be careful with your soy, soybeans. If you have an allergy to soybeans, probably because it's genetically modified, you need to be um, aware of that. And then, you know, really pay attention to the compatibility of your biology with dairy. Like everybody really should do this experiment. You know, pull back on dairy, no dairy, no, no, no milk, no cheese, no yogurt, no dairy at all for 10 days. On the 10th day, t- try you know, drink drinking a, you know a glass of non-fat milk and see how you feel. See how you really feel. Does it really agree with you? You know, babies have an inherent ability to digest whey and casein, which are the proteins found in dairy. But we really lose that ability to digest those proteins as we get older. You know. You know, milk is made by cows for cows. Um, whey and casein are cow proteins. They're not human proteins. They're cow proteins. And so not really, we are not really wholly designed to digest those proteins. So just make sure that dairy agrees with you. Um, and if it doesn't, I highly recommend any non-dairy milk like, you know, almond milk, coconut milk. Um, uh, be careful with the rice milk, which might have a higher glycemic index. But there's also oat milk and hemp milk. Um, uh, uh, there's cashew milk. So all these great non-dairy sources of milk that you might want to experiment with and then of course there's soy milk uh, and the reason why uh, the thing I like about soy milk is that it has the same protein content as n- non-dairy cow's milk so a glass of you know regular milk cow's milk and a glass of soy milk both have eight grams of protein per serving per cup. Um, the other milks, the non-dairy milks, do I'll confess have less less protein, a lot less. Like a glass of almond milk only really has one gram of protein per cup because um, it's really nothing more with water than some extract from almond that just happens to taste taste good. Um, but while we're on this topic, so uh, I will recommend some of those non-dairy sources. Um, I'll also recommend yogurt. And why do I like yogurt, especially if you do have blood sugar issues? Well, the bacteria in the yogurt um, not only helps to digest the foods that you're eating and extract the nutrients from the food that you're eating, it also helps to lower your blood sugar. So um, I always highly recommend um consuming plain yogurt so yogurt that has not does not have any added sugar and if you're really adventurous like if you're one of my patients that's comfortable in the kitchen i might have you making your own yogurt as a food science student, I'll never forget um, the chair of the department was Dr. Klein, and he always had this chip on his shoulder about yogurt. He thought that it was, as he said, a ripoff because you can make it yourself. And yogurt is really easy to make. All you have to do is take milk, whether it's dairy or non-dairy, and heat it up in a heavy pot, a really heavy pot. All right, so you heat it up until just before boiling. And and if it does boil, that's okay. Just cool it off. Just blow on it and let it get 
cool. And then what I want you to do is add, so a quart, take a whole entire quart, all right, and then after you've brought the, the quart of dairy or non-dairy milk up to a very high temperature, it's sizzling, like it's sizzling on the edges, add a heaping tablespoon of yogurt, and that can be dairy or non-dairy yogurt. The whole purpose there is that the bacteria in the plain yogurt that you have, that is going to serve as your starter culture. All right, so you're going to take the heaping tablespoon and put it into the warm milk, the hot milk, and stir it in, and then put the lid on it, and then put that heavy pot in a warm oven. Now, you don't want the milk to be too hot because otherwise you will kill off your starter culture and you'll end up with soupy milk. If you don't, and if it's not hot enough, the bacteria will not culture the milk. And that also will not taste so great or end in such a great product. You won't end up with yogurt. You'll just end up with funky milk. So you put your starter culture in the warm milk, put the lid on the pot, the heavy pot, and put the whole thing in a warm oven. Now, if you have a froofy oven, and a fancy oven, then you can set the temperature to 115 degrees Fahrenheit. That seems to be the magic number for making yogurt all right and then um uh but if your oven doesn't hold 115 degrees fahrenheit just make it sure that it's warm and in about 10 to you know 10 hours or to overnight you will have very nice homemade yogurt and because you didn't add any additives like carrageenan or any thickeners you will find that it tastes really really good all right so i'm going to end with dairy there and when we come back um uh, we'll move on to uh, the rest of the protein sources and then my favorite category, fruits and vegetables. And while we're on break, think about calling in. The call-in number is 973-267-WMTR. Paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L. Dr. Laura Rocos at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. L also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at EagleRock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private health insurance. The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Coppice and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live or virtual meetings, as well as their annual conference, The Power of Connection, scheduled for November 3rd to the 5th at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. For more information, please visit ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen.com. 
W-O-M-E-N.com. ETT Women. Together we achieve more. Calling all self-care connoisseurs. The Global Women's Self-Care Movement is having its inaugural Observation Day on July 19, 2017. Join us as we collectively communicate, celebrate, and collaborate in support of self-care. Let us unite and up-level our own care so we in turn can continue to be nature's nurturers and support others with love, goodness, and grace. Visit www.globalwomenselfcareday.com for more information. Investors, here's something big banks don't want you to know about your IRA or 401k. You can store your retirement savings where you can actually see, touch, and hold it in your hands. With the Augusta Gold or Silver IRA, you can transfer a portion of your savings into physical gold and silver coins and store them where you can see them, which means that you can get your gold fast in any disaster. The stock market, it's close to its all-time high, and your retirement may be at risk again. But you can trust Augusta to help. You get free shipping and insurance and zero management fees. Augusta Precious Metals is a gold IRA leader. Rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau with gold and silver have been their family business for over 40 years. Get Augusta's free gold and silver IRA guide. Just call toll-free 888-743-0323. That's 888-743-0323. 888-743-0323. Protect your retirement today with Augusta. If you can't hold it, do you really own it? Broadcasting live from the Hilltop Nissan Studios, Classic Oldies, WMTR Morristown, a Beasley Media Group station. Welcome back to e with Laura. We're going to start the second half of the show with a call from the lovely um, Dixie Nichols, who's going to tell us about um, the global women's health care movement. Hey, Dixie, how are you? Hi, Laura. I am great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, so I really think that what you're doing is pretty awesome, so I thought it was definitely worth sharing on the show. So tell us about your event and what your goals and objectives are. Okay, great. All right, so the Global Women's Self-Care Day came about last year. Right around this time, um, I went to a workshop and I made a declaration that I was going to bring this day to life I mean, we have National Ice Cream Day, National Donut Day, and I thought, well, it's weird. How come we don't have a day to celebrate self-care, something so very important for women and something that we need to collectively have so that we can really appreciate? And that's how it started. So tomorrow, July the 19th, marked the inaugural observation day of the Global Women's Self-Care Movement. And basically, the movement is one that I wanted to see happen globally so that women can collectively come together and really celebrate and collaborate in support of self-care. I wanted us to be able to stand unapologetically and even, you know, just for ourselves to say we're going to take care of ourselves the best way that we can so that we in turn can serve the people that we or support the people that we care about with love, goodness, and grace. So what's a really good example, Dixie, what's a really good example of self-care? Well, self-care is anything that you do that nurtures either your mind, your body, or your spirit. So, for example, just getting up in the morning and having a ritual like meditation is self-care. Um, allowing yourself to splurge on 
something sweet is self-care. You know, we don't want to deprive ourselves. So doing something that we feel is good for us and that makes us feel happy is self-care. Again, but whatever we do, we must remember it has to nurture us, whether it's for our bodies, our minds, our spirits. It must nurture us in some way. So, again, going for a walk is self-care. Um, you know, fixing a broken relationship is self-care. Taking care of our finances is self-care. Um, trusting less is self-care. Going to the doctor, getting a mammogram, getting uh, your teeth cleaned, all of that is self-care. I mean, there are so many things that fall under the self-care umbrella. And I just want women to sort of be aware, to practice awareness, to practice acceptance, and to take action. Basically. Great. Well, I can't believe that this is something that you started. And I think that, uh, you, you know, I didn't have time to read the whole thing. And I just thought, well, Dixie's going to call into the show. So, so she'll tell me anything I, I don't already know. But I thought like when I was perusing your information that there's a large, large number of people that affiliate with you and what you're doing. So what's the number of people that are following you on you know, and are aware of the this global women's health care movement? Sure. Well, we're on Facebook, primarily on, on Facebook, Global Women's Health Care Day, and we have about 6,500 women so far um, who are a part of the community, and they're from all around the world. So we have women in the United States, in Mexico, in Canada, the U.K., the Caribbean, and Thailand, Angola, uh, and several other countries, we have women. Who oh my God, have- that's amazing. That is amazing. I have like 300 Facebook followers, and I've worked like, <laughs> I've worked my butt off to get 300 followers, and you have like over 6,000. That's just great. All right, Dixie, that's good. I'm like, I am so looking forward to celebrating this day with you, and I hope that my listeners do too. So thank you so much for calling in, and you take good care. Thank you so much. God, take great care of you and hope that you can be in a self-care mode tomorrow. Take I sure care. will. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody, um, we're going to pick up where we left off on our Mediterranean meal plan, which is going to uh, keep your blood sugar low, ensure that you're not going to be, you know, storing fat. And in the process, you know, in the process, maybe I have not emphasized the fact that when my patients follow this meal plan faithfully, I really see a complete transformation of their bodies. Uh, eating in this manner really encourages you know the the production of lean mass like even if you're not someone who exercises a lot maybe your muscle mass might not change that much but your lean mass will change exponentially and your fat mass will decline and i have to say that i do have a, you know when i encourage my patients to eat healthfully like this um it's much harder to gain weight than to lose weight so i will definitely tell you that all right so we're going to pick up where I left off. So the 
the last category of proteins that I'm going to t- emphasize in my Mediterranean meal plan is consumption of nuts and seeds. And I do want you to know that uh, peanuts are a legume. They are not a nut. And they're not necessarily in this nut and seed category unless my patient suffers from blood sugar issues because consumption of peanuts does help to regulate blood sugar levels to some extent. Um, the, um, the high fat content of the peanuts um, suppresses the surge in blood sugar unless you're eating like peanut butter that has extra sugar. So I certainly don't um, want you consuming that. So peanuts and, and, you know, freshly prepared nut butter that you grind yourself, um, you might have, be able to have a, a few servings of that. But now when it comes to consumption of nuts and seeds, right, I said before that quantity matters. And when it comes to nuts and seeds, you'll have to meet me in my office and, so that I could tell you exactly how many you should be eating. But it's not that nut much. So if it's like peanuts or almonds, I'm only going to let you have like one serving, which is about 15 almonds. It's not the entire jar um, because nuts and seeds are are high in fat and you don't want to overdo it even if it is healthy fat it's monounsaturated fat uh, you don't want to uh, overdo it in that category but nuts and seeds including you know almonds walnuts which are probably the the healthiest n- nut that you can have in your diet also pecans also pistachios I'm just going to warn you everybody likes uh, cashews but cashews are very high in carbohydrates so only my patients who are trying to gain weight get to eat cashews but don't underestimate the importance of eating seeds um chia seeds so what do i how do i get my patients to eat chia seeds so uh i go through this whole spiel about eating overnight oats uh killing two uh Two, two categories with one stone, whole grains and then the nuts and seeds, the chia seeds. So how do you eat overnight oats? It's so simple and really yummy. It's just a half a cup of oats, uh, preferably gluten-free, so I'll talk more about them when I get to grains, but it's a half a cup of oats, one cup of almond milk, two teaspoons of chia seeds, which as a food scientist, I empirically determined to be the optimal amount for one batch of overnight oats. So you let this sit in the refrigerator in a fancy bell jar, if you like, overnight. And then in the morning, you just add fresh or frozen fruit. And I will confess that the first time I made this, I really thought I was going to have to add some honey to sweeten it up, but I really didn't. It tasted just fine with the, you know, the the fresh fruit if i have blueberries or some strawberries i'll put that in there or if i have frozen frozen blueberries you by the way you could freeze blueberries they freeze nicely um or some frozen mango you put that in there and by the time you get to work or to school you can eat that up um also flax seeds so flax seeds are high in uh, omega-3 fatty acids which i've been saying all night that they're uh, anti-inflammatory So um, this is when I start uh, explaining to my patients how every now and then they should make a green juice, something green. So, you know, something leafy green like some spinach or kale, uh, a little bit of lemon, like half of the lemon. 
an apple or a pear, and then like one or two teaspoons of flax seeds. Put that in your green juice. Um, also some ginger, which is good for digestion, and some cinnamon, which pairs nicely with the apple or the pear if you put that in. Um, and then some cucumber, because cucumbers just make everybody everything taste good. So just put a few slices of cucumber in there. Put some water. Put some ice in there if you like it thick. thick. Put the whole thing in your blender or your Nutribullet, and there you have your green juice and your flax seeds in the green juice for added omega-3. All right, so uh, that's, you know, my little spiel on the importance of nuts and seeds and overnight oats. And now I'm going to move on to the most important category of all. This is like medicine in a food. All right, vegetables and fruit. Now, there are two kinds of vegetables. There's non-starchy and they're starchy. All right, so the starchy vegetables are like your sweet potatoes, red potatoes, carrots, beets, winter squashes. The non-starchy, that's your um, your, your summer squashes, like the zucchini and the yellow squash. But it's just about everything else. It's your leafy greens, broccoli, which is a superfood. Just remember, bro- eat a little bit of broccoli every day, superfood. Um, crucif- you know, that's a cruciferous vegetable, just a little bit. All right, that's your cauliflower. And then, of course, I have everybody making cauliflower soup uh, just because it's my favorite. Um, and then, you know, uh, even, you know, so if you're one of my patients suffering from low thyroid, I'll ask you to try a little uh, seaweed, a uh, little uh, kelp that you can put in some soups. That's kind of what they use for sushi. That's the black thing on the outside. Tastes really, really good. I really like it. it I like putting that in my soup better than I like putting kale. Uh, and speaking of leafy greens, um, if you come to the office, the first thing that you will notice is that I have a garden in my office. I have a vertical garden uh, growing all kinds of leafy greens and herbs, and in there, everything is growing so well. I have a bumper crop of, of spinach and kale and um, romaine lettuce, which has been growing for like seven months now, Looks, you know, looking and tasting really good. I have some parsley. I uh, uh, have, uh, I even have peppers i decided that i would i wasn't going to do indoor gardening with flowering plants but then i couldn't help myself so i stuck in some um uh hot peppers in there so i'm growing some peppers and they're looking pretty good uh and you'll probably leave the office with a little shopping bag full of leafy greens uh, that you have to promise me that you'll eat when you get home all right so uh here's the deal on non-starchy vegetables minimum five half cup servings every day all right that is non-negotiable all right that's the food that's going to make you feel better you have to eat the rainbow and by the way mushrooms which are also in that category very high in vitamin d which is a vitamin that we're all low in so always trying to sneak in ways to get more vitamin d all right so eat the rainbow and you will feel like a new person all right the next category is my starchy vegetable i pull everybody back on starchy vegetable unless you're trying to gain weight my patients who are trying to gain weight we emphasize consumption of starchy vegetables particularly beets which are my other superfood and i'll remind everybody that i was girl in graduate school when I did my master's thesis 
uh, looking at beets because they have a long, you know, a long shelf life. So that was really fun. And I had, you know, beet juice. I always had beet ju- juice all over me. There was always, you always knew where I was because I'd always leave a trail of red beet juice wherever I went. And all, and of course, like all, all the moms would like try to make us like beet cake and beet cupcakes and beet drinks and beet this. Um, and I didn't like it then, but I like beets now, right? And then sweet potatoes are in this category. Red potatoes in this category. Turnips, I love turnips. Try making turnips like mashed potatoes. They're so yummy. I love tur- I love my Aunt Dorothy's turnips at, at Thanksgiving. There's, that is like one thing that I really look forward to. And hers are simply the best. All right, and so now, all right, so now that after I have, like, you know, hounded you about eating more vegetables, lots of non-starchy vegetables, pulling back on the starchy vegetable, all right, so some of you, I may only let you have uh, a half of a sweet potato, and you'll thank me for it in the end. Now we're going to move to fruit. Right? No one ever became diabetic from eating too much fruit. Okay? So I want everybody to eat, depending on your size, but most people to eat three pieces of fruit every day. So by the time we've gotten to this portion of the meal plan, you know, people are feeling like, yeah, this looks really, really hard. All right? So, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, and becoming healthy, you know, is a journey. Right. It's not a sprint. All right. So maybe the first thing you might want to do is make sure that you're eating three small pieces of fruit every day. And I really mean small like apples today, like a big apple. uh, You know, that's probably two servings. So I'll give you that. But three half cup servings of fruit every day and if you are struggling with your body composition or your blood sugar we're going to pull back on the bananas i know everybody loves bananas but they don't really have the fiber content of say an apple and they don't really have the phytonutrient content of say blueberries or, or the berries so we're pulling back on the bananas and if i actually see tears come to you to your eyes if you're if if i say no bananas i will let you have maybe a half a banana every other day but certainly no pineapple Pineapples. Pineapples are very high in sugar, have a very, very high glycemic index. So only for the people that are trying to gain weight. All right. So in this journey, you know, uh, one simple change, eat more fruit. All right. So now we're moving on to the grains. All right. So grains, really pulling back on the grains. What was really going to transform your body and actually make you feel better, make you think better is when you just stop eating all those processed carbs. Um, I'm probably only going to give you one or two servings of a whole grain. You know, so if you're eating bread, one slice of bread, what kind of bread? Whole grain bread or maybe Ezekiel bread because it's a sprouted grain bread. So Ezekiel bread, it's not found with all the other bread. It's in the freezer section of your supermarket. So you might have to ask someone where to find it. All right. The gluten-free grains, we're going to really focus on gluten-free grains like gluten-free oats. So to make those overnight oats, I typically recommend using Bob's Red Mill gluten-free oats and they taste quite good. Um, and brown rice, wild rice, and then um, what everybody hears from me, quinoa. So quinoa is um, a grain that has the highest protein content of any known grain. And technically, it's not even a grain. It's like a grass seed. All right. And because it grows in the ground, 
right? So rice grows in a patty, but quinoa grows in the ground because it's a grass seed. So I just re- want to remind everybody to wash it before you cook it. Otherwise, it will have like an earthy taste to it. All right, so just one to two servings, one to two half cup servings of these grains, um, really pulling back on the gluten. So, um, you know, if, if you need, if you're, if you're also suffering from an autoimmune condition, I will teach you how to eliminate gluten entirely. But if you're just trying to, to improve your overall health, we're just going to pull back on the gluten. And you know, you will find that when you're really just paying attention to the gluten, you'll automatically just make healthier choices. All right. So we covered our cereal and our grains and our bread. Oh, by the way, all right. If you are a pasta holic, all right, you can have legume pastas, which aren't even a grain. You can get like pastas made out of black beans, made out of lentils, made out of um, chickpeas, really, really good. And now you're not even eating a grain. You're, that's going to be one of your le- legumes. All right. So after the grain category, um, I'm going to focus now on healthy fat. So sources of fat that are very low in saturated fat. All right. The reason why people that live in Mediterranean communities are so healthy is because they have a lot of healthy fat in their diet from olives, olive oil, avocado, and avocados. So a typical amount, my typical amount is six teaspoons of healthy fat a day. And that can come from, you know, olive oil, coconut oil, grapeseed oil, sesame oil, um, any of these oils, walnut oil, avocado oil. I will confess that those other, you know, fancy oils are a little bit more expensive, but very good for you and worth the cost. All right. So six teaspoons of healthy fat, um, eight to 10 olives, um, medium olives are one serving. So if you like olives, just be uh, just be careful with the sodium. A lot of olives tend to be salty. Um, I'll tell you where to get the best olives that aren't so salty. Um, but avocados. Avocado are my other superfood. All right. So half of an avocado is about four servings of healthy fat. So just be mindful of that. All right. And then finally, that's going to transition me into medical food. So medical food, functional food. That's basically your protein shake. Uh, you can have one to two protein shakes a day, depending on what I'm doing for you. Um, if it's a medical food, that's going to be the kind, like in the context of people with blood sugar control issues, that's going to be, um, a, a, you know, a protein powder called ultra glucose control, which is a plant-based uh, homeopathic protein powder um, made with ingredients that effectively lower blood sugar. Or it's just going to be one of my, you know, my, my go-to plant-based complete protein shakes that taste really good. You know, my kids that have sensory um, problems that are very picky eaters, I have them drinking this really yummy plant-based protein shakes, no dairy, low glycemic, um, gluten-free, really great shake. And if you're not going to have a protein shake, then the good news is that you get to have one extra protein, and that can come from 
you know, your your animal or vegetable protein, legume, dairy, non-dairy, nuts or seeds. All right, if you're not going to have a protein shake. And I will even teach you how to make a protein shake from scratch if you're, you know, if you're willing and able. Okay, so after that category, that um, brings me to the importance of herbs. And that's when I kind of bring up my vertical garden, you know, growing herbs. Um, herbs are antibacterial and they're anti-inflammatory. They lower inflammation. Whenever you're cooking, like even if you're making breakfast, whenever you're making dinner, whenever you're making a salad, if you're roasting vegetables, chop up your vegetables, put them in the oven, put them on the grill, always sprinkle some herbs on them. It could be, you know, oregano, parsley, basil, cilantro, dill, uh, rosemary, um, anything like that, turmeric. If you know, I'll teach you how to make curried anything. I spend a lot of time teaching my patients how to make curry dishes with turmeric. Um, so good for your blood. Um, and then, you know, liberal use of lemons and limes and vinegars. I am obsessed with white wine vinegar. Um, I'm kind of moved. I love balsamic vinegar, but you know, I think in my, on my palate, balsamic has had its day and now I'm all about white wine vinegars and, um, you know, enhancing the flavor of my foods with white wine vinegar. Oh, and while I'm on the topic of vinegar, definitely my, um, blood sugar patients, I have them drinking water with apple cider vinegar, which helps to regulate the blood sugar. So start your day with a little, uh, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in some water and that will help to regulate your blood sugar throughout the day and that and we're going to end so now we're going to end on beverages so what should you be drinking in the day all right uh, really just one cup of coffee we're going to pull back on that coffee um, i'm going to have a whole show dedicated to the pros and cons of caffeine but coffee really don't need to put sugar in your coffee honestly once i get you to retrain your palate you will not even miss that packet of sugar and I certainly don't want I don't want any of my patients, you know, using artificial sweeteners. Um, there is something um, I like stevia just because it's a plant, but I really don't like the stevia in the packet. I'll show you how to grow your own stevia and how to use the stevia leaves to sweeten your fruit salads and and to use in your teas. Um, I also like something called monk fruit, which is basically a, a, a plum that grows in Asia, and um, so there's sweeteners made from these plums but they are sugar alcohols that ferment in your gut so you might like the taste but uh they do they can be pretty gassy in some people so really if you're going to have that tea or that coffee um pull back on the sugar unlimited amounts of decaffeinated coffee love green tea as well uh, don't forget though that green tea does have caffeine in it so if you have problem with your blood pressure or sleeping at night night pull back on the green tea all right and drinking a minimum of six to eight cups of water every single day so that's my low glycemic index meal plan if you'd like to learn more about my strategy then please visit visit my website www.eaglerock.com that's e-g-g-l-r-o-c-k or uh, like me on facebook where you'll learn a lot of, of these strategies on my facebook page and um, follow me on twitter um, at eagle rock so have a great night everybody um, i can't wait to talk to you next week uh, take care 
paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L. Dr. Laura Rocco's at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. L also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at EagleRock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private health insurance. The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Coppice and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live or virtual meetings, as well as their annual conference, The Power of Connections, scheduled for November 3rd to the 5th at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. For more information, please visit ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen, W-O-M-E-N.com. ETT Women, together we achieve more. Calling all self-care connoisseurs. The Global Women's Self-Care Movement is having its inaugural Observation Day on July 19th, 2017. Join us as we collectively communicate, celebrate, and collaborate in support of self-care. Let us unite and up-level our own care so we in turn can continue to be nature's nurturers and support others with love, goodness, and grace. Visit www.globalwomenselfcareday.com for more information. It's Classic Oldies WMTR's Community Calendar. Log on to WMTRAM.com to check out the WMTR Community Calendar. Featuring local events, concerts, charities, and more. It's your source for everything going on right here in our community. Do you have an event coming up that you'd like to promote? Submit it now at WMTRAM.com. For all the latest happenings in New Jersey, check out WMTR's Community Calendar. Online at WMTRAM.com. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Rocco's are not intended to be a substitute for conventional. The preceding sound advice program was paid for by Eagle Rock Nutrition. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff, management, and advertisers of WMTR. It is always advisable to consult a professional before making a major medical decision.